You're listening to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. Mike knows like so, like the biggest names in comedy. Dude, you gotta see this guy's fucking show list. He like has like the biggest names on uh, in comedy on his on his show. It's kind of unreal, Mike, how you do that. The best po- panel pod on the internet. And this is what the show's about, Nick. That we have our finger on the pulse of America's uh, trends. Hi, everybody. Hey. This whole day can suck a thousand fucking dicks. Yeah, boy. Welcome to Hunk with Mike Bridenstine. From Muscatine to the Silver Screen. Wait, it's a podcast? From Muscatine, Iowa to your AirPods? Here's Mike. I'm Mike Bridenstein. Shout out Rick Gonzalez. Shout out Bad Planet. Shout out to my unpaid announcer, Tony Tone Logansoul. Oh man, we did it. We did do it. I recorded my album the 12th and 13th at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago. Thank you so much to all of you who came out. I didn't schedule a panel for this week because I knew I'd just be getting back on Monday. Instead, what I'm doing is a recap of the trip to Chicago with the best man in my wedding. You know him and love him from Power Moves with Mike Burns and from at Dad Boner on Twitter, the Motor City Cobra. Here's my recap with Mike Burns. And if you're new to the show, this is different than the usual format. I will still win you over. And when I do... Click follow, smash those stars, give me a five-star review. Here's Mike Burns. I have a cold or something. Maybe you have COVID. Maybe I, I haven't gotten it yet. I don't know. I haven't either. Really? You seem like uh, no. you've been aching to get it or something. I don't think I get it. You don't think you can get it? No. I don't think, I don't know if I can either. I My wife had it, Victoria had it, and slept in the same bed with her, and... Right. I tested negative and she tested positive. So it's like, maybe I get it and I don't notice it when I have it. and maybe Or maybe I just can't get it. Well, I mean, you might have it, but you just don't have symptoms. I tested negative. Oh, um, I don't know. I, t- I thought I had it once and I was super paranoid. And, you know, I go over and hang out with the folks yeah on a weekly basis so i like i went to rite aid and got the fucking test and then i got tested again negative negative and that was it and they've never got it they don't have they're not jabs they're they're anti-jabbers your parents are both anti-jabbers well my mother is and she calls the shots so yeah she calls the no shots is more like it (laughs) will you say what book your mother is reading right now it, what is his name? Tyrese? Tyreek. Brodus Clay. It? Brodus Clay. Brodus Clay. Brodus Clay. Yeah, my mother um, is a big it. fan of the Gutfeld program. <laughs> so, for conservatives, <laughs> that is, um, that's your Kimmel, that's your Colbert. And, you know, I honestly do not br- begrudge her watching that show i'm like david angelo's no, on there it, yeah people get mad like oh this is so stupid i'm like watch those other talk shows talk shows are garbage yeah they're bad it, they're all awful they're, they're unbelievably awful it's the same thing it's just somebody regurgitating bullshit to you with 
real lightweight bullshit jokes that you like that make you laugh and it makes her laugh and i love my mother so i'm like yeah this is car garbage that's uh brainwashing you but you know so is everything else so it makes her happy she's an old lady let her let her have some laughs tv political comedy i mean there was a while where stephen colbert was just he was a genius like when he roasted George W. Bush, like everybody's like, this guy is the shit. And then he started being earnest and he would just look into the camera with tears in his eyes and say, how dare you, sir, to Donald Trump. And it's just like, you're a fucking pussy and no one likes this shit. Right. It's like, you're a clown. You don't get to just all of a sudden decide to be, and I do this on, on, my shows and like once in a while I get a bug up my ass and I'm like, I fucking think this is, but yeah, you're a fucking clown. I just, and... I mean, Tyrus is like, it's just funny though, because <laughs> I don't know what his opinions are. His name was Brodus Clay in WWE because he used to be Snoop Dogg, AKA Calvin Brodus's bodyguard or something at some point. Yeah. And now he's a conservative comedian or what is he yeah he's a he's a like a talk show guy who is on fox news and gets a paycheck and he's guillermo <laughs> yeah he's guillermo he's guillermo but like he's got a good personality and he speaks well and good hey, at his job hell yeah and you're good at his job enough to make a 70 something white mother yeah Get the book from the library. Didn't buy it. She had to wait. There was a four-month wait no. for that book. She said four weeks or four months. I forget. But she was on the waiting list and got the book and super pumped. I was like, these old women are lined up at the library. Like, we have to know what Brodus ha Clay has to say. Apparently. Apparently. He's written it down so we can learn wisdom from from the Funkasaurus. I feel terrible. Yeah. And I, I'll just address this before you get into your recap. Yeah. I, I feel like absolute shit. Like not – I don't have any of the uh, anxiety symptoms that I used to because I don't get those anymore because I, I come back here and it's just a safe place. And But it's weird to experience – multi-day hangover symptoms without the anxiety anymore because it used to be oh i fucking die now it's just well i'm tired yeah <laughs> so yeah. i woke up <laughs> yesterday after i came back monday i didn't get back to the crib until about 10 30 11 o'clock and was like i'm beat i'm just gonna have a couple and i think i had like two or three beers and a toke of weed and just fought through that Derek Jeter documentary because I had the last one sitting in my DVR. Then I woke up, and then Tuesday was like, I, I'm, I feel god-awful. So tired, just tired. I just wanted to sleep. And then this morning again, because people say that, like, you know, you go out and hit it hard in your 40s. You're like, it's going to take you three or four days to recoup 
but I never understood that because I'm always blurred by the anxiety and depression I would get from hangovers. Now that I don't get that, I just like, oh, I just I need McDonald's and I need to sleep a whole bunch. It's a sleep. So morning, is a, sleep is a big one. This morning was I had to go and help my mother out at, and I had to be there at noon. And I was just I woke up at 1030 and just laying in bed like, oh, my God, I can't. I don't want. I do not want. And then I went over there and immediately just laid down in the sun porch and did all the work that I do on my phone and just awful, awful. <clears throat> I got in on Tuesday, a day before Victoria got there. And so I was like, I want to go see the the lodge. I want to, I've never been to the new Lincoln lodge. I've heard nothing but great things about it. I had not experienced it myself. And so I was like, this will be a dorky thing. I'll get the tour. I'll geek out on it. And that'll be like my thing. I asked uh, Mike O'Keefe if I could go up at best night ever. That sounded like a fun thing. I was, I saw that Bobcat Goldthwait was going to be there with uh, Adam Burke. I was like, this looks fun. Came in and it is, oh boy, it is as good as advertised, that lodge. It was for the heads. I know that a lot of people have only heard me talk about it. It was my favorite thing in Chicago. John Ledley, Kate Mitchell, Mark Geary, and the whole cast and crew there did make it feel like a fantastic homage to the old place but not in a way that compromised it being a state-of-the-art facility. It is so fucking awesome. There's three different sized rooms. There's the big red room. There's the orange room or whatever it's called. There's the, And then there's the blue, blue room. The blue room. It They all feel warm and awesome for comedy. And I was very impressed. And then I had a really bad set after I had been crushing in Los Angeles. And so I was like, maybe I'm not funny in Chicago. I don't know. Maybe I got that one out of the way. I just, I, I was in there and I, I, he said five minutes and I said, Oh, okay. Uh, I don't even know what that looks like to be honest. Cause I, I haven't done a five minute set in three years. So kind of rushed through it. The, it was the, the air conditioner went out in that room and I had a shitty set but maybe got that out of the way. Not sure. Then I got met, it out of the way. And then I met Bobcat. He was super nice. Everything else, it was just exciting to be there. I think that that theater makes people happy to be there. And it doesn't feel like business. And they're much more personable. As opposed to a comedy club where it's like, yeah, I don't want to fucking hang out at Laugh Factory all night. No. I'm getting out of here going to a cool bar. Yeah. That bar is the cool bar. Yeah. You don't need yeah. to leave. Yeah, it's weird. I don't – I will say this. I stayed there every night but Wednesday. So I would just go there and stay there. Like I don't remember a time in Chicago even visiting – where everyone stayed at the same place. Right. And maybe it's because I'm, yeah, I'm not hitting it hard. I'm not like, oh, there's like a, a great late night bar. Everyone stayed there the whole entire night. 
Yeah, there are places you can go, and sometimes people do skedaddle to them. But for the most part, they also sell the beverages to comedians at a decent rate. So you're probably going to drink there cheaper. And I've talked about this before. I'm employed by this theater. (laughs) So it felt like it was fun for me to be at work. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm at work. Burns the social media. He does the Lincoln Lodge. uh, What is it? Twitter and Instagram? Yeah. The the whole shebang, the the Facebook, the what have you. And it's very nice. And I talked about this to you, how much I like that job because I'm just, I just don't have it in me to bang anymore. But I feel a satisfaction of helping, like, you push your show yeah like so that you have more people like yeah. it's a nice involvement <laughs> no yeah it was it seems like a f- super fun thing and it's a i mean it kind of helps to if you're going to do social media for a company it helps that if you actually like like the thing that you're doing correct yeah it could be some <laughs> yeah i do social media for uh for uh butthole scarves they're these scarves for your butthole and um yeah they're real hot on you see all the ads and like you know people are buying them up there it it keeps it warm in the winter time like i'll be like this is stupid this is fucking stupid i like the money but i think that uh it's a really weird rebranding of toilet paper just butthole scarves that's uh that's all that is (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you just wear this scarf, and then when you got to poop, it's got, like, perforations. So you take the scarf off, and you rip off a couple squares, clean it up, and then your butthole is warm and cozy as your neck is. I mean, Don't grind the butthole scarves. Charmin brand butthole scarves. For when yeah, your butt's nice, cold, and you got to wipe poop super, later. Super thick toilet paper, like, ten times the thickness, just wearing it. Um, what's around your neck what's a cool scarf no this is the the shit tickets i'm gonna wipe my asshole with later you know asshole scarves from Charmin. (laughs) wednesday i did uh comedians you should know that was i the last time i was there five years five and a half years ago that was hands down the best show that i did and it's still a fantastic show like uh skylar higgins was on it or Hig Skyler Higley was on it. I can't. I, I'm never gonna get. I think I called him Neither. Tyler from the stage. Chris Higgins was on it. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, Jeannie Dugan was on it. Just some real, real bangers were on that show. And I went up last and did 25. And I had a bad set. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was. Uh, it wasn't what I wanted. And so I was just like, God damn, maybe this stuff only works in Los Angeles. Very possible because. There was a definite transition from Chicago to New York to to Los Angeles for me. Yeah, it was a, you had to do some tweaking. The car was still the same car. Yeah, but the tr- the racetrack was different, so you had to change the tires. You had to tweak the the suspension a little bit. Yeah, I <clears throat> it was a it was a weird it was a weird thing. And then like John and Kate were there, and Victoria were there, and they were like, "Well, you." And they were like giving me notes and stuff. And I was just like, oh, my God, like this is going to be like a mind fuck. I had a bad set the first or I had a 
like a B minus set the first night and like a B set the second night. And I was like, this is no good. Then the, the third night was hunk live at in the blue room. I had a ball. I had an absolute blast doing that. It was you and Burke and uh, Joe Kilgallen and Allie Drapos. And I almost canceled it because uh, like I didn't. I was just like, what are we doing this for? It was my actual birthday. Uh, you know, like I went to the art institute that day, went to go look at the bean. I had pot belly and I was like, why are we doing this? But then it ended up being like the first show that I had that I had a- like actual fun. Yeah. Listen, yeah. Yeah. It was super <clears throat> fun. I had the best time. I love doing that shit. I would do that every night. Yeah. I would love to do live podcast on stage once a week. It would make it so much more gratifying. Why is that? It just feels different. It's the difference between a, a shot of Jack and a, and a light <clears throat> beer. Yeah. Because, and it sounds lazy, but I'm just better at randomly talking than I am writing jokes and doing stand-up. So it's easier for me. I can just be as funny as I would be if I wrote jokes and told them if I just go up and just riff and talk. And I'm not saying that that's, that it's, it's a, it's, it, it's a tell of how poor of a stand-up joke writer I am, I think. Yeah, but that I think I can get the same result though. When the audience doesn't expect more, then what just comes off the top of your head, what does it matter if the laughs come from You just have a different jokes? style. I think that you just have a different style. And I, like, you don't love set up punchline stuff. Like, does Eddie Pabatone write jokes? He even comments on how people say he doesn't write jokes while he's on it's stage. The thing is, like, as I've gotten older, I like them more. I like, like, uh, I appreciate it more because I'm not judging or jealous. Right. Once I've let go of any sort of jealousy towards anyone's success, it's made comedy so much more enjoyable. That's interesting, yeah. Like, I don't I don't begrudge anyone any sort of success. I might critique some people that I don't think deserve it, but for the most part, I never feel that pit in my stomach of, oh my God, I should be doing this. Oh my God, I should be doing working harder. Like, no, it's really nice to enjoy the thing that I love the most in life, which was comedy since I was a little kid. And I was a kid in a candy store watching you do both of your shows, watching you do so well. Let's and... take a pin in that for now. I do want to know your, your thoughts on that. But okay, highlights from the live show. For me, Joe Kilgallen has a specific talent of enraging women. And I can't figure out, he does it quick too. I think it might be because he's handsome or confident, but he will step in shit uh, in a way (laughs) with women specifically. That is so goddamn funny to me. And I, and he means well too. Like, and I, and even in the case that I'm talking about, he wasn't saying anything. The, uh, that was he has an album called I didn't say anything bad he didn't say anything bad but I think it was the tone and the jumping to conclusions that happened that made uh, Ali Drapos go after him and it was had hilarious results 
feel like his honesty comes off with a touch of uneducation as to what you should say to a woman <laughs> comedian who's sitting next to you. And I don't mean, I love Joe. I love Joe Kilgallen, but Joe Kilgallen. And I don't, I don't think what he's doing is a troll or it's on purpose. I don't either. I think that, I think that he just doesn't process it before it comes out of point A to point B. He's not affected by, he's, hey, we've changed some things since uh, 2017, for example. Not interested in it. Just always going to be him. Yeah. Not that, he, not that also, he does. Not that he does anything wrong. Says anything wrong. Just not not, not interested in not interested in the sensitivities that all of us are kind of experiencing. Some of it's kind of it's it's wrong in today's sensitivities. Yes, and what he does is he starts to dig a hole. He digs holes after he says it and tries to explain his way out of it. I get away with a lot of stuff because I just plow forward yeah. and just keep pushing it so far that it becomes absurd and you can no longer get mad at it. That's my trick. So in this case, he's like – he wants to tell a story about – he was told 800 people were going to be at this show. But it turned out not only was it 800 women, it was 800 women in their 50s to 80s. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah. going to tell a joke. He's going to close with a joke, like a sex joke, about coming, cleaning up cum on a woman's stomach. And it, uh-huh. and it eats yeah. shit. This is not like a women's conference for women between the age of 50 and 80. And what happened to him on stage is completely understandable. He's telling a story. This wasn't our show. <laughs> and he got cocky on stage and he'd been working on this joke. And he thought, they are hooked. I can get away with anything. And so he tried this joke, and it just screeched to a halt, and they turned on him. Right. Can you imagine doing, like, he probably did, what, he did a full set. He did, like, 45 or something. Well. I think he did a host set. All right. So either way, he does a full set of whatever his time allotment is. Which goes well. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, he decides to close it. Like, oh, these people are on my side. Here's the joke about busting nuts on chicks' stomachs. <laughs> yeah. And not only the story he's telling is about how everything comes screeching to a halt while he's doing the set. But also it comes screeching to a halt in the show where he's retelling the story about doing this. <laughs> it was the way he told it. It was the way he told it. He goes, so I was excited. I thought it was going to be 800 people, but it was 800 women. <laughs> so that seems like it's a knock. So that makes a run happen. A run of like, oh yeah, well, all these breasts must not oh. know what jokes are. <laughs> yeah, Allie Drapos is like, oh no, not 800 women. <laughs> She was firing on all cylinders. The crowd, like, the crowd liked Joe, but the crowd was like, "Yeah, we want to see, uh, we want to see this like go down." 
Right. And he was hilarious coming back at her. Um, he kind of became self-aware in it. He's just like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta throw him off with chocolate. Like he was like feeding into it. It was great. <laughs> throw him off with chocolate. What did he say? What did he say? I don't remember what he said. Yeah, but that's like, it's just you're just putting chum in the water. Yeah. But I couldn't resist, and then I just found my own audience of a table of four. Yeah. <laughs> just ran on tummy nuts. <laughs> so while all of this is happening. Burns finds a table that is dying at everything that he's saying, like under his breath, and just starts performing his Burns uh, riffs to this table while they're like doubled over. Burns is doing uh, old granny come on the tummy jokes to this to this <laughs> table. And if you watch the video, I'm not even in any sort of spotlight at all. I'm just like off to the side in the dark. It's like the whole thing is ridiculous. It was it was a lot of fun. I'm a little off to the side in the dark, but I kind of liked it. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I would I think that goddamn, if this show was more popular, this would be the ultimate like touring show. I could take I could have a tour. I could bring regulars with me whenever <clears throat> like they're available and then I could go into the town and pick up like the local good people and and put on a goddamn show for for right. people. No, super fun. <laughs> and and the difference between stand up and doing that is that I have someone I highly respect sitting next to me who laughs at all the stuff I say. Having um, Adam Burke sit next to me and laugh like that's your audience. Right, your right, audience right, is right. that guy. Yeah. Is your the closest person to you screaming laughter into your face, which gets you cranked? Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, that like there's if I lived in Chicago, I would do power moves live. That would be a show I would do. Right, that would be it. I would be me and somebody else, and then two locals. Like it'd be a dream. Right, you just rotate through like all the powerhouse. Chicago kids and make that a show. Right. right. Go do it in another town and do the same thing. That just seems like the easiest thing and like the funnest thing. You figure out who's good, you I don't know. That would be that would be like so much fun for me to do, especially since I have no jokes anymore. Uh well it's it's interesting that <clears throat> everyone who's a great comedian isn't necessarily a good host on pop or uh, uh guest on podcasts that's so true i think um yeah i've been surprised at times there's people who kind of lay back in the cut more there's i i i ended up on this show liking chatty people because i don't like um i don't like when people are too like they don't feel comfortable to like chime in i want the people i want people in there and talking you know what i mean yeah i mean and i do i obviously like to talk but I also like to listen. And I think that's the combination of the two. You have to be happy to sit and know that the person that is going on a long tangent is just feeding you time. Yeah. To think of the next thing that you're going to drop. Yes. I mean, there's give and take. It's probably a lot like improv in a way. I think that panels are their own skill. And during the pandemic, when I wanted to do stand up and I wanted, but I thought that doing it on Zoom was lame, I liked that this show to me was like a format for people to be funny without, in front of people, without having to do 
like it ex- I think I feel like Zoom exposed the tricks of stand up in a way that made me feel like it was gross. And so like you're saying like you like doing live podcasts but not stand up. To me it was like on Zoom I felt the same way. Like I- Zoom exposed it'd be like if you could see a magician do the tell you how he's going to do the trick. A magician? And then magician. Is that what I said? It'd be like if you could see a magician doing tricks but he told magician yeah be like if a magician told you how he did the trick every single time and you're like well that sucks i don't i want to be tricked yeah that is mike burns please click follow give me all of the stars and a review there's still more show but if you want video of this conversation if you want to see the sausage get made i think literally burns peas during it you can't see his stuff but it happens. There's a lot more that, that I'm not including in this. And if you want to see every panel I've done since March of 2020, that is on the show's Patreon. There's a ton of stuff on there. The full live show from Chicago is on there. I did a winner's bracket of songs from 1998 to 2005. Find out what won. Become a premium member. That helps support the show. Do I need money? Yeah. Desperately. Patreon.com forward slash Brido. B-R-I-D-O. If you want even more of me, I'm usually a regular on Power Moves with Mike Burns, who you're enjoying on this episode. Although jury duty and this album recording prohibited a lot of appearances over the past few months. I'm also on recent episodes of In Your Hands with Lizzie Cooperman, and I'm on Long Story Long with Lisa Curry. So check those out if you can. You can see me do stand-up comedy every Wednesday at the Fable in Eagle Rock. Mike and Stacey Holmes are making award-winning burgers. And beginning August 26th, I'm performing at a weekly show that I'm hosting at the Glendale Room. It's called Flagship. The Comedy Bureau just wrote, quote, Just like all the other weekly shows that Bridenstine has his fingers in on the east side, it'll be a very neatly curated lineup of L.A.'s finest, Amazing visiting comics and old stalwarts from Bridenstine Chicago days. You're goddamn right, Jake Kroger. So come out and watch me try to build a new hour if you're in L.A. That means lower your expectations, but hopefully I'll get you there. Okay, we'll get right back to the show after a brief word from our sponsors. What is the best way to handle the streaming wars? Judge all the content against each other. The Buffer Battle Podcast does just that. Joel and Tony are former radio co-hosts who pit two relevant pieces of content against each other every week to determine the winner of the week. From documentaries to dumb sitcoms, these two will help you decide who wins. And at the end of each month, they throw it all into a no-holds-bars cage match to see who wins the month. Often joined by special guests, including your boy Brido, to help decide the winners tournament style these guys have fun making fun of themselves and keep their passions for film and tv alive during this podcast tony's a film nerd joel is a music geek and they aren't shy about their opinions listen to the buffer battle podcast anywhere you download your podcast i'm mike bridenstine and i have listened to none taken the ad we've been doing for like two years on Brido's show, it's all based on an inside joke on our show, but it's for listeners that haven't listened oh. to our show yet. Okay. So the joke yeah. is we always start our show with, you know, somebody as listened. a guest and yeah, and I've never listened to None Taken. And, right. and they're so, not going to get that. No, they've never got that. What an annoying <laughs> commercial. <laughs> what a waste of time. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Neither of us did. <laughs> 
And then the whole thing ends with these guys fuck, which was like something I said once at the end of a recording, like spastically, like impulsively. Oh, you're not supposed to say I still think that's anymore. funny. All I right. like it when the girl says it. I, I, uh, hi, Victoria. This is the best. This is welcome to none taken. This is what none taken is like. <laughs> Wait, did we just do an ad? Is that what you're telling me? I, I think that's what I'm going to send him. And who knows? I mean, he's played that for the last two years. Why wouldn't he play this? This is more like what our show is. Thank you, Dusty and Allie. Those boys fuck. Now, here's the thrilling conclusion of my recap with Mike Burns. Please click follow. Okay, so first show was Friday. Friday was first show. What did you think of first show? I thought it was fantastic. Had you seen all my stuff before or no? No. Where would I see that? On the internet, on clips, on clips. No, it doesn't it doesn't translate that way. I I personally hate stand up. Oh, clips. Oh, stand up clips and reels, unless they're really funny. Yeah, like like concise and into this. It, it fits perfectly into that time constraint. But I look at so much of it. Right. It's just like, I know that you have to do it, but it's sad that people have to. It's sad <laughs> that comedians have to do that with the subtitles. It's just, it, it, it's, it's way too fucking much. That's what the algorithm pushes. Yeah, yeah. So you hadn't seen any of the material. Now it's all gone. What jokes did you like? I like the Shakespeare joke a lot, which was, again, not portrayed as good as it is on stage at length instead of the concise Instagram version of it. Yeah. It's got to be exhausting to cut those up yeah. and put them up. Yeah. You ha- you got to let jokes breathe, but you can't – you got to make everything a minute and 90 seconds, and you can't always. And now comedians have – if they have a social media person that puts them up for them, it's just boom, 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 all day long, every day. Yeah. From like 10 years ago, yeah. from like five years ago. Yeah. Like there's this whole, there's, and I really I enjoy it. And I watch every one of them. Kyle Kinane has one where he's wearing a Madonna in t-shirt that, currently circulates and i'm sure that's a set that's being cut up by his social media manager which is all really funny stuff right but it's like yeah but i don't know if i like this as much if i see it now i want to see the whole piece right it's weird it is so people are i taped this full hour beautifully shot by eric kelly who's like who's a friend of richie serjinko's um at the Glendale room and I'm going to release it when I release the album. They're two different recordings and everything, but I know that I'm going to release the hour because people will sit and watch the full hour on YouTube <coughs> and then advertise it by cutting them up into little fucking clips every day. And that's right. like what I have to, that's what, at least if that was being released today, that's how it would be. And you should. You should cut that up and do what you're supposed to. Looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) 
I I mean, yeah, I am excited to get that. I also, well, I'll talk about that in a second. But so I felt like I got it on Friday. Like I felt good on Friday. I'm watching. I've watched the clip back, and I don't know if the crowd wasn't mic'd, but that was like a full. That was like 85 people in the room. And I feel like I can't hear laughs in the tape, so I feel like I'm eating shit when I watch it now, even though I don't think I was. Yeah, the, I don't believe the crowd is mic'd. So I hopefully Ryan mic'd the crowd. Ryan from a special thing, which I know. I'm sure did. that's taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, so th- more people at the Friday felt great about it. Saw a lot of people that I hadn't seen in years. Um, Burke opened. Uh, Jenna Gephardt opened, or she was the host. She's hilarious. Adam Burke. My, like, there's people who are starstruck by Burke. Not just, like, hunk listeners who were there, but, like, people who listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and didn't know that he and I are friends. So that was, like, a big treat for me to see also. Adam Burke, if, you, if you're not familiar, is brilliant comedian. Brilliant, yeah. <clears throat> and I loved seeing Jenna Gephardt. Yeah, I have a I have a comedy crush on her. Right, I think she's super fucking just so fucking funny, just so funny, so nice to meet those people. She's filthy, yeah. real foul mouth. <laughs> yeah, she's a lot of fun. Yeah, but you picked really two nice choices for your openers. Well, the Burke was just like I wanted a, a friendly face in the green room. And and so I thought Burke would be fantastic. It was like Burke or, or Flannery or Kilgallen or somebody, somebody that I like a, somebody that I like a lifer that I've known. Right. The host, like always, like I want a diverse lineup. Like I want And so I just asked for recommendations and they, they, they showed me different people and I thought that Jenna was hilarious. So, yeah. No, I think that those choices were great because Jenna's a very smart, funny comedian, but also has a lot of, a lot of um, foul mouth to her, which conditions the audience off the bat to not be afraid of blue topics. <clears throat> yeah, and then Burke has semi. Um, uh, he had an abortion joke right word. away, and so like I was like, yeah. like if you are bothered by my politics, you will be first bothered. Right. By right. this is what type of show it is, part he's, filthy, he's, part political, but digestible political. Yeah, where he makes a good point, and I'll take that from a conservative comedian or a liberal comedian. If you make a good point, it's whether I agree or not. Good point with a good punchline is well, sure. what comedy is. Yeah, yeah. I'm waiting to see a good conservative punchline that I like, but it'll, I'm sure that yeah. I don't. I. And I, I don't see any conservative comedians on Netflix. <laughs> I mean, I make I make fun of Joe Biden in the thing. So, uh, I mean, I suppose yeah, that's a, yeah. but that's fair. So I felt good. I felt like we got it on Friday. Ryan was like, "We got it." I fucked up like one joke. I tried to recover. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, like, I didn't really recover it. It sucked because like that was like one of. That was like one of the big marquee like pieces was that joke. You started over, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what I always thought was fine. But people are like, "Whoa!" I was I was nervous during that, <laughs> and it was like it's totally it's an album recording. If it wasn't, yeah. I would have just plowed through it and not said anything about it. Right, going to get edited. So then Saturday, I got asked to do something called paper machete at the Green Mill. 
And for listeners who have heard me and Burns talk or me, Burns, and Nate Craig talk, uh, the Green Mill is like the greatest bar in the greatest bar city in America. So this is – I'm a, Nate Craig did a special there, and I was fucking jealous. Like not only that he had a, like a special with like all things comedy, but just jealous that he did it there. I was like how cool – like – I didn't even know that they would do specials at the fucking Green Mill, this historic Al Capone prohibition jazz bar, you know? Right. So <clears throat> so I show up to Paper Machete, which everybody's like, you absolutely have to do this show. And so I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay. I'd, I'd heard of it. I'd heard of it for years. This guy, Christopher Pyatt, like puts it on. It's a variety. It's like a – it's a live magazine and you said, which is probably true, that if you had gone, you would have been fucked for, like, the whole day. Yeah, it's a 3 o'clock show in a cool whiskey jazz bar. And I I had maybe a half hour of work left. I think I finished work at, like, 3.15, 3.30. show was at 3. And I was like, I can go over there and Uber real quick and catch the end. But I know what's going to happen because yeah. I've got to go to your other fucking show as the as I'm a groupie for the Brido tour. <laughs> hey, I hadn't seen you in two years, maybe yeah, three years. Dude. Jesus, out of been a mess. I could tell myself, yeah, we just go over there, have a couple drinks, cut to eight doers and sodas later, roll it into Lincoln Lodge again. I work there, so I can't be like slot pig <laughs> doing bad stuff. Hey, that social media guy is a real slop pig. That's what uh, people would say. But <laughs> Chicago, though. So I, I was like, uh oh, like this rapper went up on the big gold stage, and like I turned to Victoria and I go, I'm headlining this show. What a big mistake they've made i felt like i wasn't even cool enough to be there like that's super hipster thing you're you're straight out the flat frat locker room on first sight you're not but on first sight you are with your angels cap on and undertaker t-shirt yeah i mean christopher paya did like an interpretive dance and then like lauren vino did like a written they people have like music stands to do like written pieces Skylar Higley again, and then like Lori Kilmartin went up and like just absolutely murdered. And she's like, Everybody come to my show at the den tonight. And everybody's like, Yeah. And I was like, just there to promote the Lincoln Lodge. And I was like, I'm about to eat shit. It was amazing. It was it was an amazing set that I had. I was like so happy to be there. I could have sat if you were like if they were like keep going, I would have loved to have just kept going for as long as they would let me. That was such a fun experience. Like you've been on stage before where it's just like they're so happy to be there. Like you can't bomb at that show. Like every, they're just a supportive bunch. But like to go do like 10 hot minutes at this show, like just of like your banger shit and then you just have to wait and like let him like get done screaming laughter this this was like 
this was a real treat for your boy Brido. This is what Brido has earned for for all of his hard work. Was this little was this little cool whiskey jazz bar having people tell me did a real good job, and that was like that was like flying high from there after that. Then I feel guilty. I feel I feel guilty that none of us did anything super bad. There are no. There's no fun stories out of this trip. <laughs> this is the most adult trip to Chicago that I've ever been on. I didn't do anything bad other than drink a bunch and go home and at like three in the morning and watch TV. I wish there was a good story like 80s Con did this. No, everyone was all business. <laughs> it, it's not a bad thing. It's just like I... Never, I didn't pee my pants. I didn't do anything cool. I mean, it feels weird, but it was also like um, Nate Craig used to have those big Fourth of July parties. In the first year, there's all kinds of booze happening. There's all kinds of other substances happening. There's hookups going. It's like a mess. This was just a big mess. The first year, the the second year, the third year, the final year, he had his party like a few years ago. Everybody's married and they brought their dog or their kid. Well, we had this discussion <coughs> and I brought this up several times about how our heydays of Chicago, when I lived in New York, when I lived in, uh, in, in L.A., it was rock and roll party every night. Birthday party, shows, fucking party, house party, fucking party, party, everything. Everywhere you went was a million people, and it was the best. And then, somewhere along the line, people got married, had kids, etc. As people age, and that happens. And quit comedy, also. But I don't feel like anyone ever took over. Oh I no! Feel like yeah, the different generation of today's generation of phone user, computer dweller type people didn't have the same drive to be out all the time. When we had like burner phones and like I didn't have a, a, an Apple phone until like generation three in. I think that's very indicative of just the way technology technology has made everyone skew towards being antisocial. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a cliche. Like I was talking with it about like with Pete. Pete was like, you had to be at the den every Monday, and you had to stay at the Lions. This is an open. If you, if people for some reason don't know, this was the big open mic while we were there. Because he, the way that he put it was, that was, if Instagram was a place, there was nowhere to go. That was that was social media. Right, you were seeing the photos in real time, and if you didn't see them, yeah. then you didn't see them at all. <clears throat> you. FOMO was not being there. That's scrolling. That was, that's everybody's feed. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that a version of this has been done a thousand times, but there was a time in college I didn't even have a cell phone. So if you, you could get my voicemail in my dorm room. And if I said I was going to go somewhere, you had to meet me there or just not see me that night. Yeah. That's how it was. Yeah. Okay, so Saturday, final show. I felt like a million bucks. I thought, we already have it. No press. Just get that one joke straight. 
And then I feel like for whatever goddamn reason, I performed better and the crowd was also better than the first night. The first night was like great. Like my parents were there. I ha- It was full. I felt great, but I also felt stiff. And then the second night was like loosey-goosey fun time, but I ended up performing better. Right, because you already got it out of the way. You got the hard part out of the way. Right. And, and it's it- like, you know, like first time you like have uh, – carnal relations with a babe it might be just kind of you know meat potatoes but then the second time you're like man i already got i already showed her i could do the biz maybe this time you know i um ask her to put a thing in my stink poop (laughs) (laughs) and if she says no you're just like yeah it's fine if you don't (laughs) like that (laughs) i mean yeah so night tri- you know night, I mean. night two, we tried asshole scarves. It was uh, a <laughs> night two. I had more more fun because I was severely nervous for the first one, so I didn't know what you were going to Man, do. Man, a lot of people said that they were nervous for the first one too. Like I, I that's that's an interesting thing. Um, I I felt nervous also. I don't know if it was like my energy or just like the energy in the room or like this is a recording or anything like that. But yeah, you should feel semi nervous. You know, like. Being nervous for a big thing is a lot of times comes out in your performance. You know, it's important to be nervous and have that nervous energy so you can bust it out right on the granny tummy. But he's fucking uh, the second time. It's like I already did this. It's like it's like riding a bike to use a clean analogy. Riding a bike and your hands are on the handlebars. Second time. That's when you have your hands off. No no hands. Woo! <clears throat> Coasting down the road. I mean, yeah, the guy that no one in the history of the world had ran a four-minute mile until Roger Bannister, and then his record got broken, like, what was it, three weeks later or some crazy stat like that? You just had to prove that it could be done, and once you prove it can be done, it's like, oh, the Wright brothers made this airplane. Now the planes just keep getting better and better and better. Right. Tony Hawk did this trick. Now everybody does this trick. You just have to mentally prove that it or that it can be done. But like so yeah. that, so then it's easier. Yeah. Dunk contest. Now it's just there's no any like interest in it for anyone because it's like, yeah, through the legs five times and seven twenty dunk over a car. <clears throat> Now I follow. Now Instagram is like, uh, you want to see dunk stuff, and I was like, kind of. Now I'm sick of it. Yeah, just just who gives a shit? Tall jump guys who do like insane dunks, and it's like, all right, I don't know. But uh, okay, so then I I decided to stay for Sunday. We saw Eddie Pepitone one last night. I did not. I don't think I would have gone to the Lincoln Lodge for that last night had it not been for Eddie Pepitone being there. I don't know who else could have been there. I would have been like, yeah, I'm going to go watch more comedy. Well, 80s Clown cooked us a delicious. Oh, my God. Uh, I forgot he, to mention. He, 80s smoked us tenderloins. He smoked a leg of lamb. He smoked mac and cheese. He made sweet tates. He made fucking crudite. Made smoked like fifty fucking chicken wings, and 
I said in the morning when I woke up feeling like absolute dog shit that, yeah, I'm not going to Eddie tonight. No fucking way. But ask me again after I have eight high noons. And then come to think, come to see eight high noons later, I was like, yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> and, I had the, and I had the best time. And no offense to your show, but Jesus Christ. No, I no. wanted to fucking, I wanted to die. I wanted to, I had to leave during, during the show. I had to walk outside yeah. and get a drink because I, I felt lightheaded that I, I was going to pass out during this bit where he talks about female peeping toms <laughs> and he doesn't act out. Eddie Papatone doesn't act out of him in the shower being looked, being leered at by some hot, Big breasted blonde. I think that's the term he uses. And he just has this full act out of trying to don't look at my dick. Don't look at my dick. <laughs> and he's it's the perfect fucking thing. And it was on a run from like there's like three jokes. Oh, he that keeps he bringing it back. It's like a, a through line for like most of it. It's insane. Yeah, he has like two or three through lines that bounce in between these this chunk of jokes. And it was just it was too much for me to handle. <clears throat> Female glory holes. Yeah. Female glory yeah, after that chunk he goes into female glory holes, which is and then he a veers, little bluer. He, he veers from it. It's uh it's that was insane. And the nicest man. Oh the nicest God. guy. Yeah. Like, to me, he's a superstar. Yeah. He's like Mount Rushmore-style comedian. Yeah. Like, if you haven't seen this last special, oh my God. me and Brido, please, Jesus Christ, do yourself a favor. I think it's on YouTube now. Uh, for the masses, I, I, it's one of the greatest hours I've ever seen. It's so good. And it was worth it just to have a pick with him, with me and you, and... Yeah, that's what funny. a gracious, what a gracious individual stood there at, at outside the theater. He was so confused. He's like, "You took, guys are in L.A." I thought. Yeah, took photos with everybody, yeah. and we waited to the end. And boy, oh boy, what a what a fucking treat! What a nice end. I'm so glad I went. Yeah, that was the, oh, by far the best birthday trip I've ever gone on. Best birthday I've had. That was. That was amazing. And you got to eat how much what Chicago foods did you eat? Okay, so I had Red Hot Ranch the first night. That was the burger place right down the way. And like they cooked those fries and duck fat, I wanna say. Like they told me later. It was like it comes off pretty like unassuming and like non fancy, but then it's like amazing and then you find out later, yeah, there's like it's like the good shit. I tried to get them. It was cash only, yeah. so I couldn't have them. Portillo's, day two. Victoria and I walked to Portillo's. I ate with Ledley at some point, too, but Portillo's was... We ate at Portillo's. We ate at um, Pequod's Pizza. I got a dog, a Chicago dog later. All of the things. But, like... I can tell Victoria was just being polite with a lot of the food. Because, like, people would be like... Do you take her to Sushi Momo? And I would be like, no. That's not what I'm here for. We have sushi. 
We have it. Yeah, you you have all the fancy shit. By the ocean. I live by the ocean. Like, mm-hmm. closer to the ocean than here. And so I was like, we don't have Italian beef. We don't have Jardinier. We don't have pickles on hot dogs. We don't have deep dish pizza. So that's what I'm going to get. But I could tell she was just being polite. I think that she liked... She she's like I can't put ketchup on the hot dog. I was like you can put ketchup on the hot dog, but she like wanted like the real thing. Then at Pequod's, she only ate the meat, the sauce, and the first. She like almost cut the top off of the pizza and ate and didn't eat like the bottom half of the deep dish pizza. Right. Her favorite meal was smoked meats at John's. It's a great meal. I only ate pot belly. <clears throat> That's all I had. Oh, I had pot. I had pot belly also. I had a Monday rack. before I left. John lives in Lincoln Square, which oh my god! If you're gonna move to Chicago, yeah, it is the, place. the absolute shit. It is a perfect neighborhood. It has everything, and I went out, and walked around, and it's like Johnny, let's go for a walk. I want to go to that store. I went to that store you bought a fleece from that that gear store which is great and went to the spice store and and then went on the way back home and john 80s clown had never had pot belly before what he's never had pot belly he's just that picky of an eater huh probably so i took him to pot belly i'm like i'm getting a sandwich do you want one he's like i'm not really hungry i already had lunch i'm like no do you want I buy you a sandwich. You should eat this. And then he sat there and ate it. And he looked over at me. He goes, mm-hmm. These are really good. I was like, yeah, they're really fucking good. It's the best chain restaurant sandwich that exists. What did he get it? A wreck. Oh, yeah, I was like, well, he's like, what do I get? I was like, well, just get the little wreck. Get the skinny one. Whatever the fucking little one is. I got the big one. The, original, the one that's like, there's like a nine inch one. There's like a foot long one now too. Nine inch one, and I get everything. I get. I gotta no, have the I get, mayo. On. I get no mates. Gotta have the mayo. No mates for me. What'd you get? No tomatoes. No mates. Yeah. Yeah, I had to. I gotta have all of it because that jardinier mixed with the mayonnaise. I don't get oil. No mustard. No oil. Hmm. There's enough. There's enough um, acidic balance <laughs> with the with the pickle and the, the tomato. The, don't need the mustard. But holy shit. It was so fucking good. I, we went, like, the nicest thing is, we went to Pequod's that day, and they were like 45 minutes, and I was like, fuck, I can't, like, there's just no way to do this. There's no time. So we, we ate it. Potbelly, which is right next door. There's a Pequod's next to a Potbelly. That's like, if there's, if they had like one extra thing, like they had a booze Philly cheesesteak, that would be the Brido Bermuda Triangle right there, man. That was that would be like amazing. Yeah, when I when I lived in Chicago, I would go to Pequod's and eat. I don't get the deep dish; I get the regular. We know this now from conversations. I would eat pizza, and then I would get a wreck, and then take it home and throw it in the fridge. And eat it the next day. So it was right there. Right there. Every time you look over his shoulder, right there. 
When we lived in Chicago, was Pequod's a touristy thing? No, it was. It's just a singular place. There's no chain. I mean, there's, there's no still, multiple locations. There's still only two. But there's there's two. two. Morton Grove. Oh, they they opened that up later. Well, that, I think that was. I don't. I don't know for sure, but it was like people were coming in there like straight from the airport and shit. Like it was full, like both floors. There's like a long ass wait, and I was like. This is the middle of the day on a fr- on a Friday? No, on a Thursday. So I was like, what? Is it like a tourist place now? Best pizza in Chicago. You're, you're talking to two piggies who've eaten all the pizza in Chicago. <laughs> Pequod's Pizza, best in Chicago. I think. And, you, and you like deep dish. Yeah. I like regular. Either way, it comes out in a nice cast iron pan. They pop it up for you you got a cutting board with a in a whale shape yeah it's divey you get a pitcher or a carafe of red wine yeah hands down my favorite pizza in chicago not even fucking close i did my first hour uh of the trip in a pequod's t-shirt in <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like yeah. i want one of those t-shirts uh yeah so now, now I now that I've done it, I'm waiting patiently for. Last time it took me six months from time recording to putting the album out. It took me six months, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, looking forward to being able to show it to people now. On August, what is this? August seventeenth. I have no jokes. And tonight I have a show with Maria Bamford, so this should be a tight. You don't work. have to not do anything ever again. You just—that's how I do it. Sure, but you don't. You could do three old jokes and then two new ones. Uh, that, you know what? <clears throat> that is like saying you're on a strict diet, and someone's like, "Mike, you can have one McDonald's cheeseburger." I'm gonna. Just end up eating McDonald's because it's because yeah. it's comfy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're gonna have to really scrap for some fucking seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what I that's what I'm doing. I did it five years ago. Really fucked myself and went up and kind of was stinko for a while, and that's what I'm gonna do now. I should sell you all my old jokes that I don't <laughs> need anymore. I have lots that were. I have lots that are semi-recent that um, are pretty good. That one song by uh, that. Oh, you're so excited, baby! I just can't hide it. Da, 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 Too close, my neck. Yeah, yeah. I had a big, nice joke about that. I'll I'll sell you that for five dollars. How does it How does it go? I forget. I have to look Feel up a notebook. a little but... poke coming through. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy. You just like, Jesus Christ, it's a song about boners. It's a boner song. It's a song about jabbing your boner into uh, a woman's thigh. Yeah. Like, so different. That would not exist now. There's no fucking way. That was the number one song of 1998. Great song. It's a fucking great song. But it's about guys getting smearing pre-cum all over chick's legs 
through their pants. No, you wear pants. Oh, through the pre-cum through, through two it. pairs of yeah, pants. Yeah, dude. You gotta if it's a not if, if you got steel. an asshole scarf. That's why you gotta have a, <laughs> an asshole scarf. Hunk this week brought to you by asshole scarves. <clears throat> did Did you know that R. Kelly wrote "You Are Not Alone"? You are not alone. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go ninety percent sure that he wrote that. I wrote that song. Well, people, <laughs> I wrote that song. You said you weren't gonna do those jokes anymore. Oh my bad. Okay, big question for you. You've seen the act twice. You've seen the whole act twice. What should I call this thing? I thought <laughs> I thought, there's part of me that wants to call it. Gangsta's Paradise, but I feel like that would be like horribly offensive. It's not offensive. It's just too confusing because when you search it, you'll never find it. Yeah. What's another line from the Derek joke that? Uh, when you do something the wrong way, you got to do it the right way. Uh... The white way. Do it the white way. See, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's funny, though. Um... So, okay, so he goes, you're terrible. And, um, you're terrible is funny. You're terrible. Just, you're terrible. <laughs> yeah, I got to listen to it and just, like, last time what I did was I listened to the thing and I just wrote down names. Last time it was between The Hungry Wolf Hunts Best and Rocky Mountain Horror Story. I think you should do the, like I said, Pick 10 and then blast it to people and say, rank these or do five. 10 is too much to ask people to do. Yeah. Do five, rank them, and then um, opportunity for a wild card that you pick up on your own. There's part of me that just wants to call it live at the Lincoln Lodge, too. But, but yeah, that's what it is. Like, I guess. You could do that, but is that that's not protocol. No. I also don't like it because, like, whenever I see him sometimes, like, Moshe Kasher had one called Live in Oakland, but it's the same word. It's, it looks in my brain as Live in Oakland. If you saw that, <laughs> if you saw that sentence, yeah. that's what it would look like. I have this conflict in my brain every time I put live, so... Live for me is capitalized. Yeah. All the letters. That's live. Yeah, live yeah. is. Well, the band Live, people used to be like, they're called Live. Live. I alone love you. That band. Live. Were they live or live? I thought they were live. People were like, they're, they're live. live. I think you mean. I don't know, I'm trying to think of the jokes and what would be the. What's the fun angle that speaks to something? fun angle that speaks to something um the... but it's gotta be it doesn't have to be a big punchline it can be a small <laughs> you guys are pussies how about that that's good <laughs> pussies and wait hustle and pussies is a part of that like <laughs> it's about something yeah. else if there's two things coaches love one is hustle one a is hustle one B is puss, calm teenage boys pussies. So yeah, hustle I mean you can pussies. pick anything else. You two things coaches love like that's funny. Put you in a coach's outfit, like Foot Locker outfit for 
for the thing. Two things coaches love. Never meeting Ken Griffey Jr.? Oh, I put you in a Ken Griffey Jr. uniform. You can't do that, though. It'd be no. a copyright, copyright infringement. I mean, I could do like a fake thing, but <clears throat> I don't know. Make it look like his rookie card. Could dress you up as Shakespeare. Did, did, um. Shakespeare never wrote it. <laughs> what did, uh, did Jeselnik have one called Shakespeare? Hmm. I remember him being dressed up like something like that, like a dandy with a well, that mole was, and a wig. That was John Roy, I thought. John Roy had one I called don't... Alexander Hamilton. That would be it. Yeah, yeah. He had one called Shakespeare. His first album was called Shakespeare in 2010. Because I was like, calling it Shakespeare would be fun, but that's already a, a famous Anthony Jeselnik album. In the storm, the capital angle is good. <laughs> Resting January sixth face. I've I've said it too many times, though. I think too many times. Why? There's no such thing as too many times. Nah. That's, I mean, resting I, January sixth face with you with the with the with the uh, the 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 headpiece with the buffalo. It kind of feels like old news. Like by the time this comes out, though, right? Like that happened. In, like, I think that I think that's one. I think it's pretty uh, timeless, but might not send the right message. <laughs> yeah, people might be like, what? I thought about It's Going Guns. How's it going, man? It's going guns. I'm dumb. That's good, but out of context is tough. Yeah. Um... You want a big pile of guns? Yeah. Me with like just covered in like ammo. Yeah, for the sh- for the photo shoot, you only need like a big pile of guns and <laughs> just get those, rent those. Yeah, just have those ready to go. I almost went to a wolf sanctuary last time, but that fell through. I was gonna pose with wolves. Right, It'd be good if you had like some tie into the last one, but I don't think you'd do it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Dalek, name it Dalek. The first night, then get that guy. Get a good message that guy no. and get a a kid picture of him. <laughs> oh my god! That my mom was like, "You can't call it that. That's his real name." And so the first <laughs> night, I started calling him Dirk, and like Victoria's like, "You idiot! You were doing both names because you would forget that you changed." His well, you fucking did all this stuff. I don't understand why you can't talk about someone doing stuff who did a bunch of shit. Like, what the fuck is the point? Like, I don't understand. You did this stuff. You got a little league baseball card to you? That'd be good. I do, but not. That'd be a good cover, kind of like a Kendrick Lamar lover. <gasps> Kendrick Lamar cover. Oh, that's funny. I do have a baseball thing from that year. Kendrick Lamar covers are sweet. I love that they're like throwback, like Polaroids like that. My problem is I was beautiful back then, Burns. Beautiful. I've seen them, but that'd be good. <laughs> then just call it Hustle. That's funny, calling it Hustle. Hustle's a good name. Hustle. And just picture you just bat over your shoulder, little kid. <laughs> Because I do talk about Griffey, and I do close with a baseball story, and I do talk about hustle, and I hustled to get this ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hustle. Photoshop your real head on top of your little body. 
like a bobblehead. Oh my god! They might make those. I think you can get a bobblehead made of yourself for pretty cheap. You can get one of those. Get that photograph. A baseball theme uh, cover called Hustle. Maybe I kind of like it. We'll see. You can design it like an old baseball card too. Do like eighty-seven tops, and then just oh. whatever card you like, and then just just make it in a square format, and then eighty-seven tops yeah. with your name on the thing. Yeah, with with your old baseball little kid baseball card picture, and then just all the design work is just should be sweet. I kind of like this. I kind of like all this. Hustle. 86 tops be good too, but I know you like 87. 87 is my favorite. That's the first card those cards that I have. Yeah. Yeah. Your age group loves 87. Well, that wood panel, uh that's also Yeah. 86, I wish I had 86, but 86 is kind of boring. I mean, other than like the Bo Jackson card is like iconic. They're very portrait <clears throat> But that almost works better than could do a parody of the of like a classic eighty six Barry Bonds Jose Canseco um Barry Bo Jackson yeah, Barry Bonds. Sure. Yeah. That is fun. Well, any uh any final thoughts on this? No, I think we're good. We've had a nice combo. Yeah, and, it was um, good to see you. I hadn't seen you in so long. Eight it's weird. Long. We talked about this, and I hadn't seen you. And it's strange if you're dear listener. We've not seen each other for like three years. <laughs> three years, like fucking gross point blank, Jerry Piven. Three years, three years. But it doesn't feel that way because the magic of technology means we have an hour and a half or more depending on whether we talk off air <laughs> yeah. per week. Yeah. And like, even now you, you seem like you're right there. Yeah. <clears throat> you're taller than I remember you. I will say that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, all right. So we did it though. We had a real fucking rock and roll four days and it's really fun. They still, I still, I'm riding the high still. I feel like crap from from all of it, but boy, oh boy, I had so much fun in it. I tell you, it really did make me want to start doing stand up again. Well, I'm sure. I mean, but yeah, I'm sure that it. I was wondering about that. Like, you got to watch a bunch of people do something that you know that you can do, and so that must be. Right. I know because seeing it, I was like, okay, if I lived in Chicago, I'd go to this theater. I'd go up on all these shows. I mean, I can, I can, I can be funny for five, seven minutes, and I can build, build new fucking thirty or forty-five, no problem. I mean, it is. It's a fun, neat thing that just put out a put out a thing that you never uh, like. (laughs) There needs to be proof you existed in comedy, you know. (laughs) Well, you look it up. Google Mike Burns comedian. Uh, I went to work. I, I, don't think, I went to work. I don't think. I don't think that you existed. <laughs> There's no proof. No proof well, existed. When the when the planet's dead, none of us existed. So, uh, they'll find it. 
Pretty sure they'll find it. Got a stack of CDs over there. The aliens will be like, oh my god. When he pulls the shit out of his sister's toilet, it's a genius bit. <laughs> do you think do you think you're gonna move back? No. You wanted you you liked it, didn't you? <clears throat> I did, and I tried to get Victoria to like it. I just wanted her to like Chicago. She'd never been to Chicago. That was like a thing. It was like a weird, like, what? She's never been to Chicago, but just never worked out that way. Like, if we go that way, we end up going to Iowa because that's to see right. my family. Well, it's so much time. Yeah. So this time it was but like, that- a, the reason I'm going there is to record something. So that is the focus. Like, if you want to come, if you want to see me, go to that because that is the thing that's important to me. But I got to tell you, well, that- I really, I really do appreciate you showing up and you being there. Uh, it was a big, it was a big deal to me to be able to do a fucking album at the Lincoln Lodge. That's like dream come true shit. And I kept saying like, it felt like, um, it felt like we were all still just woke up hungover in my living room next to the kegerator. Just being like, man, it'd be like, I'll come back from LA like, and I'll do like an album there. And, like, by then it'll have its own building. And I'll point at, like, AIDS clown and be like, and like you could run the bar. Like, you should run the bar. And, like, we're all – and then it's, like, actually like a real thing that happened. It just feels it's like pretendy time. It's very bizarre. I, I had this on a regular basis. There's so many people I hadn't seen for so long that I see all the time that I can just go two hours here, five hours here. It's great. I no no regrets. No, I mean like it's so much different. I would if you would have done this then. If if I still lived in L.A., I wouldn't have flown back to this no, shit. No, no, it would have cost me a bazillion dollars. It'd have been a nightmare. Yeah, I had to put my dog in daycare, and that cost like a thousand dollars. So, <laughs> right, that's all your all your fun all your funny money. Right, come record this album, break even because your dog. But yeah, that's what comedy is. Yeah. Break even till you make it. Then still break even. A lot of breaking even in comedy. It is a lot of breaking even, yeah. So <laughs> I thought it was funny. I do think that Lincoln Square should have a goddamn statue of Geary in it. He'd be holding a ladder, but <laughs> but he revamped comedy, stand-up comedy in the city of Chicago. Nobody is more influential to that art form in that city than that man. And I told Burke and I told Marty DeRosa on the Tuesday and they're like, I think it was Burke, but maybe Marty go, okay, I agree with you, but only if Mark has to go to the square and take it down every night and put it in a garage and then bring it back up like every day. And complain about it the whole time. Fucking cunt. Nobody's helping. It's fucking cunt statue of me. Piece of shit. Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for being there, and thank you for doing this today. Uh, yeah, I just want to do like a fun recap. I, I'm just mentally fucked, and like uh, I just feel tired and sick, and I have to go do a thing and have no jokes. But I like I'm just an open micer now. I don't like I don't even care. <laughs> I used to look at Instagram and seethe about shows that I'm not getting on, and now I'm just like, oh, those are for the good comedians. Like well, I, we did it. Yeah. We did it together. Yes. And we'll be back tomorrow with regular <laughs> program. And be super duper. Yeah. 
Everything goes back to normal next week. We go back into fall. We go back to regular pods. Yeah. This shit's over. We go into football. Everything's going to be delicious. <laughs> it's totally cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I will stop recording and then talk to you for a little bit later. Thank you, Burns. All right. Love you. Love you, Dan. That is Mike Burns. I will tag him on Twitter and Instagram. If you don't follow Burns, you are missing out. I guarantee he wants you to follow him on social media. They say that word of mouth is the best form of advertising. If you liked this show at all, tell some people. Tell two people. And then they'll tell two people. And then they'll tell two people. What am I saying? That's a tongue twister. And they'll tell two people. I'm missing tail. They'll tell two people. Yeah. And then I can tour and come to your fucking town. Thank you for listening. R.I.P. Michael Clark Duncan. Love you.